Hi, hope you're all well. I'm Viv and I'm the face behind Skin Farmer Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees. And tonight, uh, myself and Dr. Sunny Desi are continuing our journey involving ultrasound in our facial aesthetics work. And this evening we're joined by another specialist from around the world, uh, Dr. Dr. Barbara Pader from Poland, of all places. Um, I'll just wait and see where Sonny's got to. We shouldn't be too long. I'll send an invite to Barbara as well. There won't be a second. Where is it? There we go. How are you doing, Sonny? I'm hey, good, good, thanks. It, it was, I was requesting, but it wasn't... Um, nothing was sending me anything. No, for some odd reason. I was sending a few invites, but it wasn't telling me you were joining for some reason. But I, no matter. I, I, I don't get... I don't get the invites. I re all I see is request to join, so I requested. Ah, oh, right. Send any, never sends any invites to me. So. Very odd. We hear you now, anyway. I'll add Barbara because I think she's been. Uh, she's Waiting. been in a little, yeah, yeah, little while. Um, You've been okay this week, have you? On today. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been busy. Uh, I'll just say a quick hi to Dr. Martina, ah! who's watching, uh, social media sister, who's well, watching. Hi, hi, do hi Dr. Barbara. I didn't uh, receive your invites, I just requested a couple of times. So it happens the same to me as to Sunday. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same with both of you. I, yeah. I send you both invites and they go missing somewhere in the internet, yeah. but we're, we're all here anyway, so it's no problem. Nice to, nice to see you, Barbara. Yeah. We've been chatting yeah. for the last few days about different topics to do with ultrasound and aesthetics. What I'll, what I'll do, I'll let Sunny take over for, for a little while and he'll talk a little bit about your background. Okay. So I'll let okay. Sunny we take over if that's okay, Barbara. We've known each other, so I'll... I let Sunny to let me know. <laughs> well, I, it sounds like it, it sounds like you guys have obviously got a march over. So, for those people who are watching Barbara, who obviously uh, don't know you and probably don't know uh, us as well, because probably your followers that are following, just um, why don't you give a brief introduction about yourself, um, and and then I'll and I'll lead in with some questions. So, yeah, what what what? Yeah. Um, just your background. Your qualifications, and then I'll 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 okay. I'll, um, so I'll ask you a few questions. Okay. As, uh, we've mentioned, I'm a aesthetic practitioner, a cosmetic doctor. I've been in this area for more than thirteen years, but by my background, okay. I'm actually psychiatrist. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you okay. are surprised as many people who get to know me. <laughs> but I can convince you that these two fields are uh, getting away very well. They in interlap. Oh, massively! No, no, you, you don't need. You, you don't need to convince uh, me, but so I think yeah. Majority of my yes. activities, yes. energy, and time I I devote to aesthetic practice. But I still have about maybe twenty percent of my time dedicated to uh, psychiatry. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. And what, when did you shift from psychiatry through into cosmetic medicine? What, what was it, what was it that, what was it that um, sparked your interest in cosmetic medicine? And then how did you shift yeah, you uh, know, your um, focus? I was uh, observing the, the developing market of aesthetic medicine. At this time, 
I work in the psychiatric, psychiatric hospital and uh, I had a nurse. She was assist assisting me as a, a psychiatric nurse, but at the same time, she started to work in the dermatological office, helping doctors with feelings. It was the beginning of 2000 and something. Her name is Danuta. We cooperate now in the aesthetic field. And Danuta, she was performing a lot of peelings because it was, it was the time the only peelings were on the market. And when she was coming to the hospital, we, we ran some activities. She used to well, uh, look so well. And she, she looked much more different than me, than other right. colleagues. I was always wondering what was going about with this aesthetic feelings. And we got very friendly and she, she was pressing me, pushing me to go to this field to get interested in. So I started very slow, uh, still performing my activities as a psychiatrist, uh, going to courses, observing the market. Um, and uh, it was 2000. And eight, I think I uh, I attended the uh, the first postgraduate uh, aesthetic uh, school uh, in Warsaw. It wasn't easy to get there. It was a very elite school. <laughs> you had to wait to get there. Okay. And uh, after three years, I got my diploma. Of course, I, I kept on continuous training uh, because, you know, when you go to the school, you, you learn mainly, main, mainly the theory, but the practice I was getting somewhere else and I got indulged in it very deeply. So now I work in my office, own office, and I love to perform the aesthetic medicine. It's a challenge. It's a challenge, but I think I think you're I exactly know. right. Uh, sure, sure. I think you're exactly right, Doctor Bob. I think your you two fields of psychiatry <laughs> and um, aesthetics do yeah. over. They do. They do overlap a lot. I was going to ask you what, I, I, from my personal opinion, I think that in Poland, the the training in cosmetic medicine and obviously I think what you call non-medic aesthetic practitioners are sort of cosmeticians or I can't remember the title it is but do you you look at the rest of the world you look at the UK for example do you think Poland has got it right in terms of training in cosmetic medicine do you think your um, do you think Poland and the and this, um, the infrastructure and the training establishments do you think it do you think you got it right to a, be a better way in Poland uh, you know, compared to everywhere else? Many, uh, nowadays, we have many school, uh, schools which, uh, which offer trainings, but the training is offered only to medical doctors. The, I remember when I went for the first time to, to, to this American uh, training on fascial ultrasound, I was so surprised that the majority of the group were so-called injectors. Even the lady who organized the training, she was the PA. I didn't know what, what, what was it about. 
in our country, the official training, the official aesthetic medicine uh, can be only in the hands of medical doctors. Even uh, it was 2008, I think, I started uh, a postgraduate aesthetic school and the school recruited only medical doctors, not even dentists. And nowadays, of course, dentists are on the market as well, but many, many beauticians, they perform like in your country, they perform uh, beautification, but this is, uh, this is big, big gray market. And we try to, okay. to, to work it out to, uh, to many lawyers are involved in uh, regulations, but it takes years and nothing happens, actually. But yes, a lot of uh, procedures okay. no, are done in Warsaw. We, the market is very developed. I know that our Polish market is very, uh, is very um, attractive for, uh, for distributors, for producers of HA, for producers of uh, yes. um, medical devices, because the market is very wide. But many, many procedures are in the unofficial hands of uh, beauticians. That's why we have a lot of complications. <laughs> Which brings me perfectly, you brought this perfectly onto my next question, Dr. Barbara. So um, what was it that attracted you to facial ultrasound in aesthetics? And um, the second question, which I can rephrase again, is, you know, how has it changed your work and the view of your patients? So how, what, what first got you interested mm. and, and how has it changed how honest, you work? I've never thought that I would be in this field of ultrasound, you know. I, <laughs> of course, yeah. uh, I was uh, a couple of times a patient uh, um, undergoing the ultrasound and uh, but not fascial one and i was uh, um, i was f uh, filled with the cliche that the, uh, the ultrasonographies this is a mean man sitting in a very dark room you know not very uh, <laughs> with a poor poor uh, interactive um, skills, you know, not talkative, you know, you go into the office, you, you hand the referral from the doctor, the, the, the radiologist doesn't speak with you, you lie down, you get this fun black pictures and you don't understand anything and you go back to your specialist. And I, I thought I would never do such a strange, bore, boring job. But you know, um, I'm a mature doctor <laughs> and I was, uh, since I started this aesthetic procedures, I was always concerned about the safety. In my age, you like to sleep well. Yeah. And I remember when I started first procedures, I was always anxious uh, with the morning phone calls from patients. I was always imagining that something wrong happened. Uh, so at first safety, I was concerned. And uh, 
uh, I was uh, always uh, very thoughtful about uh, optimal results. But I never thought I would go for ultrasound, that ultrasound will play such a big role on our market. But you know, for this um, safety reason, I joined uh, CMAC on, uh, on the Facebook, I think. I came across the, yeah. this group uh, on Facebook. I joined them and I followed, and I followed their activities. And some time ago, it was, uh, I think, the spring, the year before, I came across the advert of uh, Lee Walker on this ultrasound, first ultrasound uh, training, and it was supposed to be held in Costa Rica, the place I always loved to go <laughs> and never went there. Oh, right. It was just after, you know, this COVID time, this lockdown, you know, it, the opportunity to go to this, my, uh, this, uh, this place I always dreamt of uh, appeared. So I thought I would have two in one. Fashion ultrasound, I didn't know about, uh, about it, nothing. And so I would uh, develop, I would learn new skills, plus going to Costa Rica, and I've seen Leon uh, the schedule on the program, and then Sebastian Cotofana with his um, anatomy classes. So I said, wow, I'll go there, and I went there. <laughs> so I've met Leoni and Stella Desatnikova for the first Brilliant. time down there. I've never heard about them before. Maybe I shouldn't admit, uh, admit it. But for the first time, I've met Naomi down there in Costa Rica. So that's how it started. <laughs> I started Good. from this scratch. Good. Viv, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> just like all of us, Barbara, just like all of us. But it's, um, it's amazing that you were saying that you started with um, your background in psychiatry. You met, um, you've met online Steve, Steve Harris. I think you mentioned to me you get on really well with him and you enjoy his yes, uh, view of aesthetics. Um, he, he's joined us for a while previously. From the Instagram, I know that he's a CMAC. Um, member or the um, uh, VIP as well and I came across him last June during the um, Incas in Paris but I I didn't get to know him but I hope in on this uh, CMAC conference we will uh, chat finally because you know he he's like my brother <laughs> yeah. You don't meet many yes. psychiatrists. <laughs> we'll, we'll say we'll say hi to and ultrasound. <laughs> we'll, we'll say good hi to Steve yeah. if he's watching anyway. <laughs> but one of the things that that has brought us together tonight is um, the the integrate you know the interaction between different practitioners around the world. And one of the things you now do, having started your own training, um, having trained yourself, is your own training in in ultrasound. So you do work with um, Rosa Rosa Segrist, who uh, yeah. 
it was a nice post that you've got on your Instagram, Barbara, about uh, you and uh, you and Rosa talking about ultrasound. Yeah, I think it was a funny little post we, you did a few uh, your, a while back. Um, last, uh, <laughs> I think it was the last training. Uh, it was the end of uh, June. Yeah, you know what was very surprising to me about this first um, uh, fascial ultrasound course in Costa Rica that there were. In the group of 25 people, uh, women, there was no men. Oh, maybe there were two guys. Uh, there were 20 injectors, <laughs> yeah, so-called injectors. And the rest, a few of us were doctors, mainly dentists. And there were, some of us were starting from the scratch. And between us, in this little group, there was Rosa Sigris. I didn't know what she was doing down there, <laughs> learning from the, you know, basics, starting from the basics. But I think Rosa went there just to, to get known, to get friendly with European uh, people and with, uh, with Stella, because she didn't have chance before to, to meet uh, Schalke personally and Stella Desetnikova. So we, we, we got friendly down there. And Rosa is, you know Rosa, she's very open. She's beautiful person, beautiful doctor, very open, very keen on education. And she um, proposed me to, 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 to run some courses in Poland. But of course, for a long time, I wasn't ready to do so. But when, after some time, when my colleagues discovered that I do understand some scans <laughs> at that time still with the lumify they they asked me to teach them so i thought no i'm not ready yet and it made me to ask rosa to to join us and to organize trainings and she was very open to it so by by the end of june we we organized six trainings there were four so-called basics and two more advanced for the guys who were uh, admitting the, the first step and wanted to learn more. Yeah. Amazing. And the, the work you now do with the training you provide to practitioners around Poland and perhaps the world as well, um, what do they think of your training and how do they feel about implementing ultrasound within their own work, Barbara? How, how, how do you think they feel based on your training? Do they feel more confident in using you the know, technology I, uh, in their own work? We got many feedback from doctors who attended the trainings that they, um, that it was the, the, the best training they've ever admitted. But I think it was due to the totally new topic. Everything was so different, so new, that they were quite enthusiastic. Yes, but, um, you know, uh, yeah. what I observe um, uh, when we were um, organizing the, the more advanced uh, meetings, there were only a few doctors who were interested in it. So, so not all of them, they, um, they felt, uh, they didn't feel uh, like uh, the, the ultrasound is their niche. 
So they they consume it, they try right. it, and they found out that this is not for them. But this one who who got who caught okay. the bug, they ask us for more trainings, and we have now even some of doctors who were um, attending to advanced training because they want to learn more and more. Yes, but I'm very pleased because when I observe um, colleagues who attended the training, I observe their work. Some of them, they work with ultrasound. I have a lady. She's, uh, she's, very, she's a master on lips and she started using Clarice and she... She performs nice ultrasound of lips, and uh, when I when I observe doctors who attended the trainings and they work with uh, ultrasound, I'm very very happy. The the, the heart grows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there there are still a few doctors yeah. who do. Stuff. It's it's nice to be able to hear you talk about the work you do with ultrasound. I thought myself and Sunny, we thought it'd be interesting just to talk about a couple of uh, cases, you know, that you've been involved with um, during your work using ultrasound. So I've got a, I've got one of the cases, the first one involving um, oh. this was just one of the shots on your Instagram, an angular artery deep piriform case, and oh. what this involved was um, an occlusion. In one of your patients, I think I'll go through. Um, I'll go through a couple of the scans. You can talk a, a bit about this case if you'd like, Barbara. You can Actually, describe what happened. This, uh, this scan. Um, this is not the scan of the lady, but this is the scan of the um, angular. Ah, okay. Artery. I wanted to point out to doctors that we should be very careful with doing this so-called uh, gunshot in this area into the piriform fossa. Yeah, piriform fossa, yeah. yeah. The market and I see yeah. that, and I was thought that here, this is very safe place, so you just go deeply to the piriform fossa and you, you would never have any problem. But by now, from the literature, from our experience, we know that in 20% cases, the uh, angular artery is just right in here, so I try to raise awareness of my colleagues that they shouldn't feel so comfortable and they shouldn't do these blind injections even in the piriform fossa. Yes, the lady you were, oh, uh, these are the scans of yeah. this, uh, this lady. The patient you, you, you showed me, uh, this is a patient who was referred to yeah. me uh, from the, listen, you, you, uh, Cosmetic Educational Center. She was a model during the training where yeah. a beautician were, were training other beauticians to do the injections. And, wow. uh, and it happened what happened, but before she was referred to me, she visited um, uh, two or three other clinics uh, and when she came to me uh, at this stage, it was the third stage with pustules on her face and she was really in pain and she was very depressive, uh, depressed, she was crying. She came to me with the, uh, nobody scammed her of course, and she came to me with the full pack of mm, medicaments. 
there was everything in this from all the doctors she got yeah. different antibiotics she got steroids oral she got topical steroids many other drugs and she was sent back home but um just just barbara up, up until the point where she came to see no, you had anyone no, tried to no, dissolve no, the issue had anyone tried my office she came to me and i when she was in the uh, in the waiting room i've already understood what happened and we uh, i took care of her i knew that i had still some time so i wasn't scared huh? <laughs> so i started scanning her uh, quite a long time it took me a long time and applying her uh, hyalase and I think, uh, and I was doing that uh, with the um, ultrasound guidance. So, you know, we know from the literature that when you guide the injection with Hialase, you apply much, much less. But it wasn't true in that case. I applied yes. at least 6,000 units and I didn't have results. Okay. So wow. I... Uh, organized quickly the teleconference with Rosa and she was uh, um, wow. observing what I was doing. She was observing scans and she encouraged me to put more. So we finally ended up with more than 10,000 of units. Then I found out that this lady was injected with a very fun and very popular among beauticians HA, which is called Revolax. I'm sure you have Revolax on your market because Lee Walker told yes, me about this. Yes, yeah, yeah. Not very fine HA. And I knew that there is a huge resistance to, to uh, Hialase. So that's why we, uh, I spent so, I uh, injected so many units, but finally the lady left the office. She didn't have the clinical symptoms. Uh, she was smashed with all these injections, you know, but she was happy. And I referred her to the hyperbaric treatment for 10 courses because of the hypoxia, because of this trauma I did to her. And she came to me after one week. She, she, she was in a good shape, psychological, uh, psychologically. And on the photo, you could have seen the, the face was healing properly. But we are still in touch. She's coming to me every month for the CGF to regenerate the, to re regenerate the tissue. So... Uh, She's very grateful because right, we okay. actually uh, help her to avoid the necrosis. And she was one step to it. Yeah. Amazing. And you, you see problems quite often, I suppose, different problems in different patients based on treatments they've had elsewhere. This, this is a second case, Barbara, involving lips. You can tell us a little bit about... Um, about this treatment uh, involving a patient's lips. So you were... Uh, Thanks God, it wasn't the VO. It was another lady yeah. who came to us and she had her upper lip overcorrected so badly. She looked very bizarre. And she was one week okay. in front of her wedding. 
So she asked us to help her. And she, she came, of course, she was uh, doing her beautification, so-called, in the um, cosmetic center. So we scanned her. We found out the lumps, big lumps of HA in her upper lip. And uh, I tried to be very delicate with the injections because I didn't want to get her bruised. So with, uh, I think, maybe altogether 150 units of Hialase, we got rid of this, you know, this lumps and this heels on her upper and did you and did you inject under Bob? did you inject under ultrasound guidance? Yeah. 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 But she looks bizarre, you know. She wow. came like amazing. <laughs> yes, no, we can imagine. We can imagine. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's just, it's just. I think a lot of practitioners don't realise the sorts of problems that can happen and what to do about them. You know, in an emergency, they they get trained to use. High lace, but how to use it, where exactly to use it, that's one of the biggest problems. Most um, occlusion treatments in the UK are based on flooding, yeah. you know, completely that's flood the area with as much high lace as you can get. Um, yeah, yeah. But now with ultrasound assessment and guidance, there's much more accurate ways of treating the problem, I think. And Leonie and her um, colleagues in the Netherlands have provided research to show that guided yeah. use of ultrasound is far more effective, particularly with a problem like an occlusion, an adverse event. It's far more effective to treat using ultrasound, that, that yeah, research yeah. they've published recently. Um, yeah, well, you know what this yeah. Um, well, looking a little bit into the future, uh, Barbara, quality of HA it is in there. So in this case, we have to use a yeah. lot of uh, hyaluronidase. But I remember my first VO, my own one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I it happened to me. Oh, no, we've lost the sound. We've lost Ooh. your sound, Barbara. Oh no! You've just, Barbara. Can you hear? Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. Now we can. Now we can. Yes. When yeah, I can. came back in Poland, there was no uh, clarius, so I bought uh, via. Yeah. Okay. That, that's and, good. Uh, good. <laughs> that's great. Bio, but yeah, you... uh, I didn't have the. I couldn't scan the patient yet, so I fill her in with all my stock I had in the fridge, but it was, thanks to God, it was only 6,000 units at that time. And she left my office with no clinical signs, no pain, and everything was, uh, seemed to be okay. And she flew back to Germany. But I had a feeling that there is, her nose, her tip of the nose didn't, didn't recover properly. So I was quite anxious and we agreed to meet every day on the WhatsApp for three weeks. And I was checking on her. We were okay. um, checking the CRT and I was getting more nervous. And despite, she didn't have any complaints, but I looked at her nose and I knew that I could have done better. So I asked her, 
after three weeks, I asked her to fly back to me, to my office. Meantime, I got, uh, I caught Leonie and I asked her if she could uh, go to Rotterdam to her clinic because the lady was from Düsseldorf, so it was only 90 kilometers of driving. And to me, it was uh, uh, quite a flight. But the lady decided to come to my office. When she came to me, I had this Lumify on. I placed this Lumify, but I couldn't see any HA deposits with it completely. So I called up uh, Lonnie. I was lucky. She was driving a car, but she helped me to find some little deposits. And I placed 75 units of Hialeis and everything recovered. So it was magic, magic, you know? Wow. So Leonie, Leonie was able to see a very m small <laughs> amount of HA deposit from, from your inside. imaging. Wow, amazing. I was showing her the scan, bad quality of scan via the WhatsApp. And she said, here, Barbara, here, put here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. amazing. It is amazing. Well, I just wondered, Barbara, about the future of ultrasound. What do you think lies ahead for practitioners? Do you think ultrasound is going to be a good benefit for practitioners uh, to sure use? How do you see the future? A couple of years, all of us, all, all of our colleagues, we will, will have this um, portable device. I just wish the, the quality of picture was better and was colored like your scans <laughs> to better understand <laughs> well we, i was going to i was going to come on to the fact that you're going to be um presenting at a conference in poland one of the first aesthetic conferences in poland you looking at ultrasound and um i'm, I'm i've yeah. sent you some scans some cgi yeah, scans I, I which you can I, use I, I, for the presentation um presentations yeah we have many conferences, but they weren't dedicated to ultrasound yet. So we, on, on this uh, conference in December in Zakopane, we will have the session dedicated just to ultrasound. And there will be Rosa speaking on Amazing. Uh, online, Dr. Uh, Roberta Vasconcelos from Switzerland. Me, I will be leading the session and there will be one guy who is the physics. He will be talking on uh, physics of ultrasound. So I'll, I'll, I'll present them your beautiful Great. pictures. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to be able to speak to uh, practitioners like yourself who try to improve, you know, the way this can help others around the world. So thanks a lot for that. Um, I was I was talking to Sunny. We we're going to be both at CMAC sure. in November in a couple of weeks' time, two weeks from now. Two, yes, yeah. Will you be there, Barbara? Uh, I would be there, you know. To, oh, brilliant! To you, brilliant! You know, I am sure it will be a great meeting. All this uh, deep of yeah, yeah. ultrasound will be there. One one question one question I had for, for you, Barbara, and I, we, we've got a lot of practitioners watching us, so I, I would have to capitalise on the fact of your psychiatry background, yeah. a little bit of what you mentioned, and aesthetics. Okay, so 
you are a qualified psychiatrist, yet you still suffer, well, I wouldn't say suffer, but you still experience, you know, when you started out with anxiety related me, my, to me doing aesthetic medicine. For those practitioners, of yeah, you said you mentioned when you first started out. So as a psychiatrist, there's a lot of practitioners watching. What what has helped you to um, improve any feelings of anxiety? What, what 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 advice would you give to any of the practitioners watching that you know get anxious about doing dermal fillers? You know, they might be very good at it, but what is, what has helped you then, from especially from your psychiatry practice, background? Practice, trainings, education. Uh, following the literature, cadavers, and finally ultrasound. So only practice and development and education. Okay. There is no other way to get rid of uh, being anxious after the procedure. So you need to learn. You need to develop. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I'm sure a lot of the practitioners watching will really appreciate that, especially if you're watching it back. But thank you. Viv, I think uh, we've uh, we've gone over time slightly because Barbara yes. been interesting talking to Barbara. So do you want to wrap up for us? It's been really nice speaking to you, Barbara. Thanks a lot for joining us this evening. And we're looking forward to seeing you in London in two weeks' time. Um, really, uh, just, to, just to talk about next week, we've got next week, we've got a practitioner who's, again, another member of CMAC, Dr. Patricia Barrera, who's based in Argentina. She had a case involving dermal filler lip treatment um, some weeks ago, and she had only just learned to use ultrasound. And she was in contact with Carolina Marilouis, who's a radiologist in Brazil. And the two of them managed to assess a patient um, remotely um, who had a potential occlusion. So we're going to talk to her about the case involving lip filler. So that's next Thursday at 8.30. And we'll hopefully have a good chat with her, myself and Sonny. Um, but really just to round off, round off um, we think... Really nice again speaking to you, Barbara. We're looking forward to speaking to you in uh, London in a couple of weeks. Is there any final comments or anything you wanted to say to anyone who might be thinking about ultrasound, but really still is a bit dubious about how well it would help them? What have you got to you say know, to I somebody say like that? that? Thanks to picking up on ultrasound, I finally understand anatomy and I really learn anatomy. You know, I've been to yeah. five cadavers workshop all over the Europe, and I think uh, thanks to facial ultrasound, I understand the biomechanics and the dynamics uh, and 3D uh, uh, what's going on the, on the face. So. Uh, they need yeah. to. They need Fantastic. to uh, be more. They need to understand better anatomy, and the ultrasound is the best way to it, and affordable way with the uh, portable ultrasound. Yeah. yeah, because we we cannot have all MRI in our offices, huh? but we can all have the facial ultrasound, uh, the, the portable device. Not yet. So go. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you very much. Thank you very much for uh, for all your wisdom and all your knowledge that you've shared with us this evening. Um, we'll be back next Thursday, 8.30, and we look forward to speaking to you in London. And we'll do a live, hopefully, when we're there with yourself and maybe other specialists as well. Um, but until then, we'll say goodbye. Thank and thanks for everyone for joining us this Ciao. evening. Bye. So thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. Good night. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Viv. Cheers. Bye-bye.